One of our family's favorite movies, we watch it every Christmas, is It Is a Wonderful Life. In fact, it's not officially Christmas until uh, that comes on TV and we watch that movie. We all sit down and make some popcorn and watch it. Uh, If you've ever watched that movie, you you might remember at the end of the movie, uh, Clarence uh, gives to George Bailey a book. It's actually Tom Sawyer who gives him the book. Uh, They're standing there, and the Christmas tree's there. His kids are there. They're standing on the top of the staircase. And when he opens the book, inside the cover, it says, Remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Uh, I can tell you I've come to realize one of the great blessings of life, one of the great gifts of God is that of friends. And I believe a true friend is a great joy. I believe... Uh, As we go through life, the bad times are better uh, when they're endured with a friend. I believe the good times are sweeter when they're shared with a friend. And I believe you are blessed to share life and to walk through life with friends. I believe that is uh, the truth of life. I believe we see that clearly in Scripture. You go through the pages of Scripture, we see uh, there are many deep, uh, great Friendships. I was thinking about that this afternoon. Uh, Jonathan and David, uh, they had such a friendship that the Bible actually says their souls were knit together. Uh, go read the account of, of Elijah and Elisha. It starts off Elijah was training Elisha, but in the course of that, the two become great friends. Uh, Elijah, as you read the account, he was instructed to leave town. God has said, Uh, come forward, come to another place. He's not sure uh, what that's going to entail. And he tells Elisha, stay behind. I'm going to go on, you stay behind. Uh, Elisha says, as surely as the Lord lives and as I live, I will not leave you. Remember, he goes with him to the next town. Uh, You get to the New Testament, there's Paul and Silas. Uh, He's also called Barnabas. Uh, You read their account, they work together, they serve together, they preach together. Uh, We read they were jailed together, they were beaten together. Uh, Not only that, they prayed together, they sung together, they praised the Lord together. Uh, In that account, at one point, uh, Paul goes to a new city, he's traveling in the book of Acts, he goes to a new city and he can't find Silas, he can't find Barnabas, and he says he quickly leaves that town because he finds no peace in his soul. His friend meant that much to him, he couldn't find him, And so he left that town with no peace in his soul. Ruth and Naomi, uh, we read that account. Really, that is the the story of a deep relationship, a deep friendship. Uh, When it's time for them to separate, the Bible says that Ruth clung. Uh, That that word means to stick like glue. And remember that famous saying, uh, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And where you go, That is where I go, and where you die, there will I die. Then a very interesting friendship, uh, Jesus and Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Now, when I I think about that, I think about all of the relationships that Jesus had on earth, and yet uh, it, it seems from Scripture these are his dearest friends. These are his closest friends. Uh, It's weird to think about Jesus wanted friends. Jesus evidently needed and valued friendship. And so in the accounts, uh, moving to the Gospels, he would see them, he would stop with them, he would stay and eat with them. 
evidently enjoying greatly their company. He sought them out. As we were just singing, uh, the Bible tells us Jesus even calls us his friends. Well, tonight we're continuing through our study of Proverbs, and as we do, we come to a section of verses that are going to talk about friendships. They are going to instruct us in friendships. And so tonight we have a section of verses giving us God's wisdom in true friendship. All right, we're in Proverbs chapter 27. Tonight we're going to begin this section in verse 5. Starting in verse 5, God's word says this. Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. Now these verses are very deep. Uh, some of them are kind of hard to, to glean the message out of. I'm going to help you walk through them. Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. Now, see this. Friendship, we're going to see it, is built upon time that is shared, time that is spent. I think that's one of the great pieces of a true friendship. But understand this. It is not time that is fake. It, it is not time that is false. Uh, that sharing of time is a real, true thing. Now, what that means is in that relationship, in that friendship, there is such a trust, there is such a bond, there is such a value given to the other person and to the friendship, and that has been developed over time that you can be honest with that person. That's what we see there in verse 5. You, you have come to know that person. You have grown in your bond and your trust of that person. And because of that, because of your value placed in that relationship, you can be honest with that person. Now, the word here for rebuke, uh, it, it means reprimand. That's what it means. It means a strong correction. And so, the, the depth of this relationship, you're able to say to that person, hey, that is wrong. Hey, that's not right. Hey, you need to change that thing. You can have a strong rebuke, uh, there, a reprimand uh, in your relationship. Here's, here's the truth, and you're going to see this as soon as I say it. Acquaintances flatter. Shallow friends Flatter. You want to know the depth of your relationship? Just watch this. Shallow friendships, acquaintances, they flatter. Now, here's what that looks like. You come up to one of these folks and you say, well, how does, how does this make me look? And the acquaintance will say, you look great. A shallow friend, you look marvelous. A real friend might burst out laughing. They can be honest. You can be real. You can say, hey, that's, that's not right. You need to change these things. And we have such a relationship that we can be honest. Now, the second part of verse 5, I think it's a, a very interesting thing. The second part of verse 5 talks about a love concealed. A love concealed. Now, you might pass by that and not catch the depth of that. Think about those words. Love hidden concealed, love concealed. Now this is weird, let me explain it to you. This is talking about the truth. If you love someone, you show it. 
You know what? It's not concealed. You can't conceal it. If you actually truly love somebody, you show it. You spend time with them. You take time for them. You invest in that relationship. You even sacrifice for it. Self-sacrificial. You give to that relationship. And here's the thing about it. Because of your love, you want to do those things. You give time to it. You invest in it. You desire to to self-give, to self-sacrifice for that relationship. Listen to me very carefully. This is a big deal. If you love somebody, it shows. Don't look around. Don't say any names. Are there people, I'm going to just be honest with you, are there people that when you see those people coming, you say, oh, good grief, I don't have time for that. I, it's funny, I can go to United and I always say, I'm almost invisible when I go to United. People just walk by me and don't even know who I am. You ever see people say, oh, good grief, I don't have time for them. I, I could have a deeper conversation, but it, you know what, it's not worth it. You ever felt like that? It's not worth it. I could give them some good advice. They need some good advice. I could stop giving them some good advice, but you know what? It's not worth the effort. Oh, good grief, not them again. It is a blessing. Here's what the verse tells us. To be to the point that realness is normal. You know what? You love somebody. You care for somebody. It shows up, and because of that, you can be honest. You can be open, and in that relationship, realness is normal. Now, building on that, we go to verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. (laughs) I'm going to keep being honest. Here, I'm going to be honest again. Did you know, I'm going to be honest, did you know there are people and it's hard for them to hurt my feelings. There's people that it's just hard for them to hurt my feelings. You know why? Because I don't care enough of their opinion that they're going to hurt my feelings. And that's the honest fact. You know what? I don't give, I'm just sorry. I don't care about your opinion. I, I care so little of your opinion that you're not able to hurt my feelings. You know there's people like that. They can say this, they can say that. And I look over and say, good grief, look at the mess of your life. And it's, they can't hurt my feelings because I have such a little opinion of them. But you know what deeply hurts? When your friend hurts you. Or I'm going to tell you one worse than that, when you hurt your friend. Now, there are are some that say the wounds of verse 6 are corrective wounds. Uh, You correct them, and it hurts. You rebuke them, and it hurts. From the context of verse 5, that's probably true. That very well may be true. But I want to tell you, the truth of it is this. If you are close with people... You know what's going to happen? You're going to eventually hurt each other. If you're close with people, you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. They're going to hurt yours. You're going to hurt theirs. And here's the deal. A real friendship is able to endure those things. You know what? We forgive. We're offering forgiveness. We are seeking forgiveness. That might be a a harder thing. We seek forgiveness. We love and we endure those times. Here's, Here's the deal. Today, one of the things of our culture... And we live in a disposable culture. Remember, I can remember three or four TV repair shops in Vernon. And you'd have a TV, and it was a big old deal, and 
You'd spend, you'd have that TV for six years after it didn't work. And my grandparents would say, you got to kick it like that and do it like this and do the antenna like that. And it would come on. Everybody would back up. Now nobody move or that TV would go off. And we'd do that and we'd do that. And then when it got so bad, you'd take it to a TV repairman. And I remember we'd put a quilt on it and it was like we had a lost loved one when we took the TV in. And you, you come and oh... The Magnavox is down, and we can't kick it any longer, and it's not, it's not coming on. You know what you do with the TV now when it gives you a blip? When it's just too small, you throw it in the trash. You know what? Throw it in the trash. You know what? That's $194 TV repair, man. They can't even charge you $194. They've all gone out of business. We have a disposable culture. We are so fast-paced. Listen, we are so self-focused. We are so self-exalting that in our relationships, we can't endure the hard parts. And so when things get hard, what do we do? We throw them away. You know what? I'm not going to endure that. I'm not going to let you hurt my feelings. I'm not going to take any correction. I'm not going to put in the effort. And so when things go bad, like the TV, we just throw the thing away. The word faithful in Hebrew means reliable. Trustworthy, loyal. The verse goes on, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Now, I want you to watch this. In verse 5, the person doesn't love, and so they don't do anything. You know what? I could strike up a conversation. I don't have time for that. You know what? I could help you through this tough spot. I don't have time for that. In verse 5, the person doesn't love, so they do not do anything. It's not worth it. In verse 6, the person doesn't love, and so they fraudulently do everything. Now, what that means is they, they act like they like you. They act like they're for you. When they're in their, your presence, they brag on you, but none of it's real. Oh, I can't wait to see you, and oh, you make the best chicken salad, and oh, you're such a good this, and you're such a good that, and, and they brag, and they're for you, but it's empty, and it's false. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Verse 7. Verse 7 is a strange verse. A sated man loathes honey. But to a famished man, any bitter thing is sweet. A sated man loathes honey, but to a famished man, any bitter thing is sweet. Now, I, I like explaining this verse to you. This is a very cool thing to me. At first glance, verse 7 makes no sense. And I'll just tell you that. You read verse 7, what in the heck's that doing here? Why is that here? This makes no sense. At second glance... Verse 7 seems to be about food. And so when you read it, it says this, if you're full, nothing sounds good. I can tell you that. And when you're hungry, when you're starving, everything sounds good. That's usually when I'm at this grocery store. You're full, nothing sounds good. You're hungry, everything sounds good. It seems this verse is about food. That's a true thing. It's not the point of the verse. I want you to see this. In the context here, it is still talking about relationships. It is still talking about friends. And I want you to see what it's saying here. It says this, a sated person. And what that means, a satisfied person, a contented person, a person that's satisfied, they are content. 
All right, watch this. If you love someone, and I'm not talking about romantic love, if you care for somebody, if you're friends with somebody, verse 5 says, you show it. If you, if you care for somebody, if that's the depth of your relationship, it shows. They know it. And that relationship is satisfying. That relationship, that friendship, produces contentment. It looks like this. My friend loves me. And my friend serves me. And my friend defends me. And my friend would do anything for me. And my friend is faithful. And my friend is loyal. And my friend is consistent. And that is known because that is the reality of it. That is known because that's the track record of it. That is known because that is observed of the relationship. And when that is the truth, that person is sated. That friendship is stable. That friendship is solid, and it's set to endure. And so you know what? That person is not starving to death. You know what? In verse 5, they've shown their love. They've shown their care. They've shown their loyalty, and it's consistent. And so that is a stable thing. They are contented in that relationship. But let me tell you something, in a, in a so-called friendship where that doesn't happen, they're not loyal, they're not trustworthy, they're not consistent. Where that's not the reality, here's what happens to that person. That person is so starved for a true friendship, for a true deep relationship, that some acquaintance can come by, and it may be a fraudulent, fraudulent acquaintance, but they can come by and say, you know what, those are some nice shoes. And you say, I think you're my best friend. They can come by and say, you like the same things I do? Well, we must be now best friends. And you built your friendship not on the truth, but on a shallow emptiness. That's what verse 7 means. A sated man loathes honey, but to a famished man any bitter thing is sweet. Verse 8. Like a bird that wanders from her nest, so is a man who wanders from his home. Now, it's the same subject, talking about friendships, relationships. It means this. There is help, there is security, there is blessing in a true friendship. Now, here's the picture of what happens in verse 8. Here is this bird. And I don't know what it's like to be a bird. I think sometimes it'd be fun to be a bird. But here's this bird. And it's up there in the nest, and it decides, you know what, I'm going to take off. I'm going to fly around a little bit. And that bird leaves up out of that nest, and it, it flies around, and it sees the old nest. Sees the brothers and sisters flying around there. Sees the old nest. Makes a couple laps. Sees the old neighborhood. And he's, that bird's flying around. And hey, look, I see something over there. And that bird goes a little bit further. Hey, hey, there's something over there, and it flies over there. And then it's flying along, and there's a big old grove of trees. And you know what? I've never seen this grove of trees, and I'm going to fly over that. I wonder what's on the other side of that. And it flies around. It flutters around. It goes over the grove of trees. And once it's over there, hey, look, there's something there. There's a big old hill. I'm not sure what's on that hill. And it flies over to that hill. And from there it gets up high and it's, it's a nice day and there's a cool breeze and it's flying around and it flies a little further. And then, and then at one time it lands 
There's nothing familiar around. It lands, it doesn't recognize the scenery. It lands and it's a long way from where it started. The word in the Bible is wanders. From here to there, from here to there, and all of a sudden you find yourself and you're away. Here's what the verse is telling us in verse 8. If you find a friend like this, here's what the Bible says, don't wander off. If you find a friend like this, don't let it go. Hang close. I was thinking about this, and it's a sad thing, but I think it's a true thing. There are people that I at one time was great friends with, and and they're good people. We were great friends. It was a real friendship. We were great friends. And, and, And for some reason, there's time, and time starts to pass by, and distance enters in. They do this, and they do this, and I go this way, and they go that way. And then there's busyness, and busyness starts in, and, and so now we got time, and we got distance, and we've got busyness, and it starts to slowly slip away, and we're not talking the way we used to talk, and you know what, we'll catch up, but it may be a year from now, and then it gets even further apart than that, and then all of a sudden, this happened to me this year, you go somewhere, and this was at a funeral, and you walk by, and you see somebody that was once your great friend and you don't even know them anymore. You don't even know them anymore. The verse says this, don't wander off, hang close, don't let it go. Verse 9, oil and perfume make the heart glad, so a man's counsel is sweet to his friend. This is a very profound verse, a very telling verse. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, So a man's counsel is sweet to his friend. Oil is good. Uh, We would say lotion, put some lotion on, put some gel in your hair. Uh, That's a good thing. Perfume is good. You smell good. You're happy about that. You smell good. Everybody else is happy about that. Those are good things. So a man's counsel, in the same way, likewise, a man's counsel is sweet to his friend. I think this is a very important verse. I think this is a very telling verse. What is a friend? What is a friend? I want you to consider that tonight. What is a friend? People you do fun things with, is that what a friend is? What is the value of a friend? What's the the real value of a friend? Somebody to hang out with, is that the value? I want you to see this. This verse says here, It's about their counsel, their counsel. The word in the original language means prudence, advice, counsel. It's a picture of give and take. I want you to think about that. True friends, true friends, what do they do? They help us process, and they help us consider, and they help us think. And they help us conclude. And I I, I want you to think about real friendships that you have. Isn't that what's going on? And if it's just about good times, you know what? Good times will come and go. If it's just about somebody to hang out with, there's a lot of folks you can hang out with. But in in a real friendship, listen, you may laugh. I, I think you will. You may have fun. I think you will. But isn't a real friendship talking and discussing and sharing and correcting 
and maybe sometimes crying and celebrating, that's why it takes time to build a true friendship. That's why you can't be friendship with the fake person or the acquaintance that comes by. It is built in time. Here's the thing. It is actually built in communication. I will tell you this. True friendship is built on communication. It is talking, discussing, considering, probing, prodding, celebrating. Now I want you to, to notice this. If that is true, listen very carefully. If that is true, then our friends, our deep friends, need to be people that have and seek and value godly wisdom. If that's what's going to happen in your friendship, if that's going to be the core of your friendship, the people that you have deep friendships with, they need to have godly wisdom. They need to value godly wisdom. They need to be seeking godly wisdom. The Proverbs tell us a friend of fools, guess what? They act like fools. You run around with a bunch of, bunch of clabber-headed fools, you know what you're going to do? You're going to act like a clabber-headed fool. Listen, it is a gracious thing. It is a kind thing that God has done to put people in our lives to help us walk out these days and to know him and to honor him better as we do it. Listen, praise God if you have a friend like that. Praise God if you have a friend like that. So that leads us to verse 10. Do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother far away. Hard, kind of hard to understand. Do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend. Do not go to your brother's house in the day of calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother far away. The word here for forsake, it means to lose, to lose. Do your friends forsake you in the song we, we were just singing? It means to let go of. Here's what the, the command of Scripture is this, the wisdom of God. Do not let your friends go. It's, it says, do not let your friends loose. Then it says this, or your father's friend. That's a profound thing. That means, you know what, your friendships that are like this, they, they are to be so deep they are to be so long-term. They are to be so lasting. You have built such a relationship that your kids could go to your friends. You know what? You can't find me. Maybe I've passed away. Maybe I've gone somewhere. But you know what? You can go to my friends. You can go to your parents' friends. You know what? I know I can trust them because my parents trusted them, and that relationship is so deep. My kids can go to my friends, and I can go to my parents' friends, and I will find a trustworthy support. It is that long term. It says, do not go to your brother's house. Now, that is shocking to me to read. Uh, I, I believe it would have been more shocking in the Jewish culture uh, for them. Uh, fr the family took care of the family. You had an issue, you went to the family. The family was your support. But it actually says here in this discussion, in the day of calamity, in the day of trouble that springs up, Better is a neighbor. Now, the, the picture here, it's not just somebody down the road. It's this close person. That's the neighbor. Better is this close person than a brother far away. 
Proverbs 18, 24 says, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. What a blessing a true friend is. I'm kind of odd. I, sometimes I think about weird things. You Maybe you figured that out. I, I th- picture, I think about Paul and Barnabas now. They were great friends. They served together. They wept together. They prayed together. They praised the Lord together. The Bible says Barnabas, he was a good man. These are the words of the Bible. He was a good man. The Bible says Barnabas was full of joy. Can you imagine being so full of joy? The Bible says you are full of joy. This guy must have been a cut up. He must have been happy. He is a good man. He is full of joy. He was an encourager So much so, they changed his name to the son of encouragement. This is a joyful person. This is an encourager. The Bible says this. He was strong in his faith. Now, that's probably why he's so happy. That's probably why he can give encouragement. Strong in his faith. The Bible says of Barnabas, he was a generous person. He sold a farm, and he gave the whole thing to the apostles. He didn't say, well, I might need 10% of that to live on. Well, I might fall short next year. He said, you know what? I didn't have anything when I got that farm. He sold the farm, gave all the money to the apostles. He is a good man. He is full of joy. He is an encourager. He is strong in his faith. He is generous. Here's Paul. And I I, I try to build a, a picture of Paul. He is a type A person. That's what I believe. He's got things to do, and he's going to do those things. He's committed to the things he is doing. I believe he is a hard charger. I believe when he was a lawyer, he was a hard charger. We know as a a persecutor of Christianity, he was a hard charger. I know as a Christian, he goes and he endures and he he is a hard charger. He is bold. He's not worried about public opinion. He is bold. If there's something to say, he's going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's what I see about Paul. He loved Christ. He loved Christ. I don't know, I think about Paul, preacher, yes. Great theologian, yes. An apostle, yes. Used of God, yes. You know what, I I don't know that I couldn't say the greatest thing, the most standout thing of Paul is he loved Christ. And he said, you know what, if I die, I'm going to be with Christ. And if I live, I'm going to tell others about Christ until I get to be with Christ. He loved Jesus. These two guys are great friends. Paul's beheaded. He knows he's going to be. He is. Barnabas, tradition tells us, faithful, joyful, encourager. They put a rope around his neck and they drug him to the streets by his neck. And when they stopped, they stoned him. They crushed him with stone. These two friends, their lives ended in hardship and really sadness. Here's what I wonder, and I don't know, I'm just, I'm just making this up, but I don't know. But here's what I wonder. I wonder what they're doing in heaven right now. And here, here's what I think. I, I bet they're laughing in heaven. And I bet if you can find these two guys right now in heaven, I, I, I bet they're telling stories, and I bet Paul is loud, and I bet he's over boisterous, 
And I bet you Barnabas can't get a word in. And, he's t- and Paul's saying, you remember that time we went there? And you remember that time that jailer did this? And I think he's telling the stories and he's boisterous. And I believe Barnabas is there and he's laughing and he's smiling. And he's saying, that's right, Paul. That's exactly how it happened. Oh, it was better than that. And, and, and now they're there and they have rest. And they have perfect peace. And I don't know, but here's what I think. I bet they're better friends now than they've ever been. I bet they're better friends now than they've ever been. Praise the Lord for God's gift of deep friendship. Let's pray. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. During Father, we come, and I'm thankful for your truth. And I'm thankful that you care enough to tell us how to be good friends. You care enough, you love us enough to tell us to seek out good friends. That you're gracious enough to give us those sort of folks. Now I pray, Lord, that we would invest in those relationships, that we wouldn't let go of them, that we wouldn't forsake them. And I pray that those relationships make us more like Christ, that those relationships bless the cause in the name of Christ. Lord, I, I pray that you are pleased in those relationships. Lord, I, I pray again, thanking you for your word. Thanking you that you tell us who to watch out for last week, last time, and tell us who to connect with this time. And I'm thankful, Lord, that you're involved in the big things like an empty tomb. And I praise the Lord for the salvation we have and the finished work of Christ, but I'm also thankful that you're so loving and so kind and so gracious that you're involved in the small things, a friend to walk through life with. And so, Lord, we thank you for both of those. We praise you for the character of a loving, gracious God that gives us both of those things. Lord, I pray that we're faithful. I pray that we're useful. I pray that you're known and that you're glorified. Again, I pray as we close this day that you have been pleased. I pray that your name has been lifted up. I pray that it bears much fruit, not just now, not just tonight, but as this continues to go out. I pray for this sermon series that we have started. I pray that you would speak. And I pray that we would come thirsty for the message you have for us. And I pray that we would be changed and we could not stay the same. And I pray that that change brings much glory to you. Lord, we pray for our homes. We pray for our spouses. We pray for our kids. We pray for our town. We pray for our church. We pray for the day we exist in. Lord, I pray that we're faithful to proclaim the good news of Jesus in it. And we in this day, Lord, and in you we also have rest. And in you we also have perfect peace. So we walk out of here and we rejoice and we praise and we point to you. We love you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.